Welcome to Exponential Trust Times, the unique AI channel of trust that creates bridges between AI experts and tech enthusiasts. I'm Dr. Lubna Kari, Executive AI Business Leader and Digital Transformer at Fortune 500 and CAD 40 for more than two decades and the President of AI Exponential Thinker. Within our innovative concept, Share the Stage, we received questions from the audience to offer a fair opportunity to connect and meet personally our guests. So let's listen to our guests in this special moment of authenticity. As we are starting a new year 2023 and looking to build more value from data and AI techniques, we are pleased to launch this short podcast series named The AI Journey from Strategy to Insight. And for sure, invite AI experts to share their practitioner experience, thought, and vision from AI strategy to value for business growth, most optimized efficiency, and sustainability. And in this episode, uh, which is the first one in this series, my guest is Mark Oost, Global CTO and AI Analytics at Sojeti, part of Capgemini. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Firstly, Happy New Year. All the best for this new year for you and all your family. Thank you. Thank you. So, you as, well. as, as we are saying, we will address many topics, at least four topics today. Uh, and the purpose of this uh, episode, uh, this podcast, is to address very well, very well the uh, point of AI strategy, but also to see where exactly AI is much more developed today. So the first topic, which is the first floor, how company can succeed on crafting their AI, AI strategy mark today? Yeah, so how we see is how um, companies can start crafting their AI strategies is um, is really an important thing because what we see now is that a lot of the uh, companies have a, a data strategy in place, uh, but once they have all the data there, it's very hard to start to the next phase. So, um, and <clears throat> that is where we come in. And that's also where you start need to start thinking of as how to move from a more data-oriented approach to an AI and to a business strategy approach. Um, because only storing the data and having the data in order is not enough. Uh, so you really need to start thinking even beforehand, before you start putting every data in place, um, also to see how can you start unlocking the data. Uh, because just storing it is not enough. You also need to uh, to see uh, where it needs to go, who is the end user, and who needs to have the information as well. And if you have that in place before you start uh, using uh, creating the first use case, so what we see quite often happening is that AI is really a lab, a really innovation-driven part of the business within uh, within companies. And that is where it gets stuck as well because it's very tech-focused. It's very... Um, very focused from uh, crafting new technologies, um, having new technologies in place, et cetera, et cetera. And what we should see way more if if you have uh, put it close to the business. So really start with a central team to support the business and then go to a federate approach. So having in the business parts, uh, AI specialists, if that you then can pick up actually the business use cases, go back and also uh, fuse that with your data strategy. So you you are creating data products 
for our data and AI products for your end users that they can actually start using it. AI in itself should not be an end goal. It's more to get um, AI-driven or uh, intelligent-driven enterprise. That's that's the end goal where, where it should be. And really, when you really want to succeed in it, you really need to start from the beginning already with the business in place and then start scaling it up. And of course, the platform that you have underneath it should um, should also um, um, be purpose built for that. So you can very easily, very quickly um, push to every part of the business um, um, your AI uh, products. So it's for me, it's really having um, the business in scope from day one and really start moving from there. And also, I am a very big uh, um opponent against uh, data labs, innovation labs or whatsoever, because then it becomes much more technology driven. And especially when you talk about the vast amount of companies that we work with, like insurances, banks, etc. Of course, there are some companies like the Googles of this world, the Amazons of this world that are doing really uh, amazing stuff. And you have OpenAI with Chat GPT and GPT three, of course, moving out. That should not be an end goal for uh, for our for the vast majority of the businesses. They really st- should use that towards their business goals that they have. So they should not become uh, a, an AI. Um, what are you gonna say? An AI research focused company. It should be way more of a business focused AI approach. That's what I think is the most important when you're crafting new AI strategies and also where it mostly goes wrong because a lot of uh, um, clients that I work with really say, okay, we put some data scientists to the job and then we're done. And that's not how it works. And, and it's and it's not true, right? Yeah, yeah, true. It's not true. That's not how it works. So you really need way more, a way bigger uh, to that. And, and, and what we see as well, if we have the full uh, AI life cycle, you really see that... Uh, that you, you you need data engineers, <clears throat> you need integration experts, you need because just having a model and, and just creating um, um, machine learning models or deep learning models or AI between quotes in that sense is not enough because they will be stored, they will be uh, not used or they will be used very inefficiently. You really need to have an approach where you very quickly when one business line comes to you and says like, okay, I want to use um, and machine learning or AI, they mostly call it AI, of course, from the business side, for uh, optimizing my marketing communication channels. Then you need to also have make sure that you have the infrastructure in place to actually deliver the model at the end client as well. And from my percep- perception, uh, Mark, and it's aligned with what you, you, you are saying, that AI strategy should be the most uh, close to the, uh, the company strategy and the business strategy, because it's here completely to, to make it work, right? And to accelerate it yeah. and to achieve those targets. So it's not about just having an AI strategy from a technology perspective, as you mentioned it. It's mainly as uh, AI is an elevator and an accelerator in order to achieve those target business targets for the company and optimization and efficiency and productivity also targets. And at the end, also some cost of reductions. Also, it's a part of the target of the company, but it's it's definitely from business. We have to start from business. We have to yes, stick to yes, the business. Definitely. And this is the main I think a message from from your uh, your, your perception. 
Okay, perfect. So now we talk about AI strategy. Let's move to the AI roadmap. And one of the often questions that just comes from the audience today is, how can we really build a very relevant AI roadmap, Mark? And mm -hmm. also, what are the major axes that we should focus on in order to achieve and succeed this AI roadmap also? Yeah, yeah that's a very good question. It's, uh, it's also, it depends also a bit on the company, but I always have three areas in mind where you really need to start looking at when you want to build a really active, really solid roadmap in that sense. The first one is really around technology, although I just said in a previous question that technology should not be the core focus of your team. Technology is important because else you cannot uh, execute upon it. The technology roadmap in that sense is not necessarily as well, I'm going to pick the latest and the greatest um, AI tooling or GPU, whatever kind of tooling. Now, what is necessary to have in place what I already said to cater to the business? So how can I get from point A data to point Z uh, business value? So that's the technology roadmap. On the other hand, you have the, per, uh, the people roadmap, and that's more on the sense what kind of AI needs investment. Um, and what I already said, data scientists are not cutting it alone. They can create a model. They are very bad in coding in general. In general, they're very bad in coding, very creative people. I can talk about it. I've worked with quite a few and I was also one myself uh, back then. Uh, but you also need, when you really want to create these, these AI or data products, you also need to have a machine learning engineers. You need to have business analysts who actually can, can come back to you and tell you what that needs to be done to get the requirements in place. And if you have a bigger team, of course, Scrum Masters and all whatnot around that as well. So project management needs to be in place. So you really need to have a solid understanding what and what should be in your um, in your AI department or data science department. What should they do? And that's not only data scientists. I know one of the most important ones, also one of the most difficult profiles that I forgot about, of course, a data engineer. Um, that all is also very important. So, so these roles should be very clear cut. Next to that, there should also be a, a, a team. And what I already said, you also need to have, uh, depends a bit on the type of organization, but in the end, what you want to have is that the team is not a central IT team. In the beginning, you should, because it's very close and they need to have the technology stack in place. But when you move down the line, so when you move down the roadmap, you should also have in place um, thinking around where does these teams, uh, will it be a federate, will it be et cetera? So they, well, you want to put them as close to the business as possible with connection to the IT. So at the end, what I always see when it works quite well, if you have a federate approach towards AI and machine learning, um, because a central team, especially if it's close to IT, tends to do the latest and the greatest. <clears throat> if you put them close to the business, but still are uh, only close to the business, you get very scattered uh, AI. So one of the one of the teams is really far ahead, and one of the teams don't know what they are doing. But if you have a federate approach, so part of it in central, part of it, and then grow it out, and part of it is in the business. They are connected to each other. They know what they are doing, and they can also learn from each other. Um, because the funny thing in general is, is that. Um, sometimes when you have like the scattered around approach, so where they have it in different areas, um, you will see that some, some areas are really far ahead and some areas are not. And in general, what I 
that's I don't know maybe that's me and maybe the the areas that are always far ahead are in in general not the core areas of the company if you know what I mean so they're more <laughs> I got and, your and the core areas are always struggling to get it actually executed so that's that's pretty funny as well so that's why I said the federal approach in that sense would help and then you have the processes and the process of course what you need to have in place you need to have an intake process the business needs to know how to approach these people um, um, to come with new ideas do workshops etc so a lot of people uh, a lot of people in ai when i talk about them about process they talk about ml ops devops etc very important let me put it like that there should also be something in place around that as well and especially the integration between ml ops and devops is something a lot of companies forget about because an ml ops is one place but where does the handover take place towards your DevOps part to actually integrate it into either software or services towards end users. But what we also should not forget is that we also need to have the intake process. So an intake process is more that uh, the business can come with new ideas. Yeah, you can do the workshopping because a lot of business users either have like a, termina a terminator kind of, uh, a Skynet kind of uh, idea when they talk about AI and some of the business think that chatbot is the maximum we can do with AI and that's about it, if you know what I mean. So having workshops, having these connections and then do the intake process is very important. So these three areas should all have a clear roadmap and should also be aligned to each other. Um, and then afterwards, you also, of course, of, uh, sorry, before that, you also need to have the management buy-in as well. Very important. Without any management buy-in, and what I mean with that is senior management buy-in, it won't scale across your company. So not in IT, but actually in senior management within the business. If they don't see the value of it, it won't fly. It will stay a POC. It will stay uh fiddling around with stuff and you don't have a proper approach to it you know mark uh, i definitely agree with uh, with the different access that you you mentioned um as a kind of priority also to achieve and succeed such kind of ai roadmap uh, um, at scale in large organization and i would add also the fact that today what i recommend it's mainly a down uh, like a downtown um a, um a, a growth um i mean a um, a kind of approach that make make you the most close to the business because yeah. at the end of the day um it's actually as i said before we are using those this technology and this kind of technology because it's multiple technology right in order to achieve the targets but so we need those uh, uh, experts from business sides from factional side that will clarify the different pain points the different needs or even yes. think about a kind of new uh, needs also because the idea is not only because we use a lot of uh, AI on to solve business problem right but it's not only this aspect that we should focus on we should also focus on creating new value creating new business model creating new needs right in order to uh, uh, avoid being disrupted and 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 keep the place let's say the in the, the market right so we need to also uh, kind of emulate this thinking uh, with, the, with with the different business leaders and, and and management and so on in order to find those 
genius idea, right? Where we are, we'll experiment a kind of a lot of risk for sure, uh, some amount of uh, investment uh, also, but it can open a lot, a new, a new way of working, a new way of business, and so on. So that's why I, generally I I try to focus on both sides. The first one is mainly business problems, pain points, you know, and so on. And the second one, we need to have those new ideas, guys. So, uh, yes, I, and the and the most time you spend with those peoples in order to understand their expertise, their experience, you know, uh, their core core experience, right? The most you can have those uh, impressive use cases, right? That can be Definitely. also push the other business leaders to buy in other use cases also and push their, you know, department and so on, stakeholders to work on those aspects using this technology. So it's a kind of, it's not only about technology again, but as you mentioned it very clearly, we need to have this strong mm. technological stack also, right? Those processes, those frameworks also that can elevate and accelerate and give a good scalability also for our products and not just develop a simple POC that can no one can use it uh, or we need to redevelop it in a way later, which is not that what we recommend generally, right? That's why it's very important to to kind of combine all of this and, and it's quite challenging, right? In the in the daily basis. Yeah, yeah. What you already said, like these new business opportunities, very important, very, very important. But indeed, but the issue what we mostly see is that data scientists in general know what AI is, know what, but the business knows their business. Sure. If I go, for example, um, we do quite a lot of work uh, in the north with uh, with logging companies, for example. I don't know anything about forestry or whatever. Uh, the, but they know, but they are, are not aware what's 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 the value of what ai can bring and if you can combine those two together they come up with most amazing use case where you don't even thought about if you know what i mean and but they only need to have the spark in their head like what's possible and what's not because they sometimes think also if i ask this this takes a huge amount of time when i'm saying like if you have the data available it's done within a couple of weeks with a couple of sprints and then you see like oh can i do this and this and this and then it's when things start moving around and and that's also because these ai products in general tend to be very close to the business mm -hmm. sense as well so you really need to have the both yeah aligned with each other definitely and that's why i was i was looking for the word uh, a few minutes back it's down to earth yeah. If most you are down to earth in your approach, the, the most they will uh, be trust you and trust the team and open the doors step by step for sure in order to uh, chair, start sharing those pain points, those ideas and so on. So it's it's very important. And this is what passionate me. And I, I, it's not only about technology, it's about business, um, you know, pain points, uh, close relationship and a new idea working with them in, in these aspects. So the third topics, and probably it's quite... Uh, connected to this uh, to a topic and we start to dive in a little bit uh, as as we know me um, myself and you mark today that ai is a powerful technology with an unlimited opportunity of improvement and growth and ai can improve like we said before productivity it can it can increase business growth for sure uh, means revenue it can augment uh, workforce intelligence and it, this is an, a, a huge uh, added value uh, from ai but at the end of the day, my point uh, it's and the question that we, we we had from the audience is from your experience, where exactly AI is most developed today? 
Oh, good question. Because every time that I'm thinking one area has developed, then another area is popping up. So it's it's uh, bouncing a bit. And who was already saying, Andrew Ng, I think we're at the midst of an AI, uh, a hot summer of AI instead of an AI winter. So uh, with all these things like DALI popping up, uh, like uh, chat GPT popping up, scaling uh, is becoming more and more easily. Now here's also the, the, the citizen data science with these low code platforms, all the kind of things are popping up at the same time. Where I would say that AI is at the moment mostly developed, it's, it's a very hard thing because what I'm saying, like when I'm looking at financial institutions, they are very, very AI driven in that sense, in a sense, because they are, it's in their nature, you know, credit risk scoring is already really old um, and a kind of lot of, of trading algorithms already are very, so they are, when it comes to scale, they are really far ahead. But when we are looking at more, industry-focused com companies, they are a bit more conservative, but when they start doing stuff, so optimizing production line, robotics, etc., it becomes way more advanced than, than I, don't, I don't want to judge anything about uh, a credit scoring model. I created it myself as well, but a credit scoring model too. Yeah, is in general a bit less advanced than a full robotic environment, if you know what I mean. But they also tend to be a very much more point-focused approach, if you know what I mean. So when you when you see these uh, when you see these factories, they some some production lines have a lot of AI in them in that sense. But when you look at a bigger company, that's it, if you know what I mean. So very advanced, but very point-driven. When I'm looking at financial institutions, but also telcos, so telecom providers. Mm -hmm. They have a, a wider approach to it, uh, where telcos also, of course, are in insurance, marketing, optimization, very, very good at. Um, but yeah, what I say AI at scale at the moment is, I think, outside of Silicon Valley, of course, I think it's uh, the, the Googles and the Amazon of these worlds and the other ones. I think financial institutions are quite far ahead, also pushed by uh, by the need of it. Um, mm -hmm. So the uh, because they already in the beginning of these revolutions already had had way more data driven products. Um, and the other one that I'm seeing now start to move is what I already said: uh, industry focus. The ones that I see lagging a bit, I'm not. All, I don't want to say that that all of these uh, type of companies is mostly retail. They are still they they are doing customer segmentation there, but it's very basic. If you know what I mean, it's not very advanced, um, and that's I think the, the 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 industry that works pretty much behind. But when I look at it, most advanced applications in industry at the moment, and they're really I think in the coming years that's the industry to watch where we see the most things happening at the. Moment. Um, I, I I completely agree. I, I think the question is, um, uh, since the audience is curious, that's why we ask it in this way. But it again, as you mentioned, it depends on the industry, right? I think yeah. these two, uh, these different aspects, if you can like summarize a little bit from my experience, it depends of if the industry is way disrupted or not. I think this uh, first um, point can accelerate the uh, deployment and of AI in, in a lot of business lines. The second point is can be also uh, some business lines are more able to move to digital 
And in this way, like marketing, e-commerce, and so on, it's it's an elevator to imp to use AI data approaches in order to have much more benefit and uh, out of it. So I think some business lines are more able um, in the short term to to move and to use much more AI um, as as an and as an accelerator. And I think also uh, some industry, it's, um, I mean, the uh, the way that they work, like manufacturing and so on, it's 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 really complex. Uh, so using AI, it will take us much more time, but it will bring impressive results. Because when you think about Industry 5.0 and you think about a, a complete smart you know, uh, augmented uh, reality uh, factories, a uh, plant, you know, you will see like uh, when I think about and I work up, uh, uh, with some clients, I just have spark on my eyes, you know, because I'm, I just see five years, 10 years, you know, and how we can open the door of this factory, right, and see how people will work, right? It's It's just impressive, but it's quite complex. I mean, it will take much more time also. Uh, and 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 I think it's it's some element that uh, that's why some industry will take much more time to use uh, act, actually, they use the AI, right? But to use much more AI to implement much more AI in all processes, in all business lines, and so on. This is the point what i'm I'm talking about. So it's it's yeah. quite it depends of the industry and uh, also the uh, the business lines. So the other topics uh, that we have today for you, Mark, it's about AI trends, uh, and we we are we are starting this new year, twenty twenty three. We had a lot of uh, uh, hyper moment about uh, generative AI at the end of this year, right? And I have a couple media interview at that times. We also released an article about AI trends, uh, where we talk about low code, no code, uh, as you start mentioning, and, and so on. Now let's mention a few of them, and I will let you, uh, if you want, develop one of them, bring more examples up to you. It's it's the idea is to start uh, putting more, uh, I mean, highlighting much more knowledge about that. So we notice composite AI, edge AI, generative AI, as I mentioned it. And my question is mainly about uh, also responsible AI, very, very important. I, 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 I keep saying or talking about responsible AI and I have a new article coming soon about that because we need we need to uh, evangelize, educate and especially put the frameworks on that, right? With, within the company. Uh, so my point is from all of these trends, what's the trends that you want to elaborate a little bit on that and probably give some example from your experience uh, in, in this last uh, two years at least? Definitely. I think uh, I think responsible AI is very important, but I, I think you already uh, will speak a lot around it. My personal passion in, in AI at the moment, and uh, you probably already know that a bit, is that we do quite a lot of around generative AI. Um, but what I also think is very nice is the composite AI, but let me, let me start with generative AI. Of course, there is a lot of hype around it at the moment, uh, right? With uh, GPT, uh, with DALI's, etc. So a lot of um, generative AI is is at the moment booming. So it's also a bit the craze around the internet. Uh, but when we talk about business kind of problems and business kind of solutions, uh, we sometimes see in the creative field that is now embracing um, uh, the creative field that is embracing um, generative AI, of course, to do quite a lot of um, what we call it, um, quite a lot of um, idea generation, 
product designing, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's a bit of the, okay, we know that, we know what's happening. But generative AI is not only used there. What we see quite a lot of our clients, there is also generative AI is not necessarily focused only on images. It's not only focused on text, but you can also focus it on tabular data, on other types of data. So generative AI is not only focused on one particular part, but what you could also use it for, for example, if you have GDPR, very big issue, privacy concerns, et cetera, what can you use? What if we could generate data sets out of the blue um, based on your actual data set and start using them instead of using the actual data set. So you can basically generate a synthetic data sets that you can actually start using inside of business processes with guaranteeing that it's fully privacy conserved, et cetera. So that's an area that's becoming bigger and bigger. And we see way more companies moving towards it because companies hold quite a lot of data of our, of, and if you have a pension company, for example, they have transactions, they have the what kind of pension you have, employees, blah, blah, blah. If you combine all those data together, even if you anonymize it, what now is happening quite a lot before we start using it for AI, it's still reverse engineerable because it's so much scattered information about a particular person. But if you synthesize that information and then start using it, you can have almost the same amount of results with AI, of course, not the exact same results because it's always a synthetic copy. It's not the actual data, but near the same results as um, as you could have with uh, with actual data. And I think that's also <clears throat> part of that's very important and part of that is also ties in back to responsible AI because if you start using synthetic environments or moving to a differential privacy kind of approach with your data, it makes your AI that you are creating also way more responsible and way more privacy conserving as well. So the DALIs, the, the chat GPT is really cool, really cool for the creative process, but synthetic environments and synthetic data and generative AI can also be used for vast amount of different things as well. Also uh, synthesizing, for example, uh, um, scans of lungs or scans of... Uh, of other things and then synthesizing them afterwards to being used for other parts of research or whatever. So generative AI is a very big field and we will see quite, and also with data augmentations, generative AI will become more and more important in that sense. So it's not only the creative part, the cool part that we mostly see in the news, but we will see a very big in, uh, influence in uh, and the move towards more uh, privacy preserving AI as well. It's 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 great when you see generative AI uh, helping achieve a responsible AI. This is a yeah. good example, a very relevant example, and a concrete example that um, even we talk about. Um, I mean, I talk about with the Journal du Net, the media, uh, about the fact that we can use generative AI to have the kind of this privacy, you know. This uh, achieve this target of privacy, respect, and so on. So, kind of one of the principles of responsible AI that we should uh, achieve uh, shortly when we implement AI in large organization and any institution at, uh, in the world, right? So, yeah. this is a good, very, very good points 
when you combine both uh, both sides. Uh, Mark, um, be before before concluding, because uh, um, you have a good news to uh, for, for us also. I was presenting you at the beginning uh, as a, a, a working on Sojeti, but uh, by saying that, but, but everyone knows that Sojeti is part of Capgemini, right? Now you yeah. move a little bit, and now you are joining uh, the global business line and citing data at Capgemini. So you're still in the same house, big house, right? So, yes, definitely. Uh, it, uh, congratulations for this uh, great move. And uh, as I said at the beginning, um, you are team members uh, working together as, uh, in this uh, great journey of AI, right? With the large yes, organization. Definitely. So very good uh, uh, points and move also. Uh, congratulations for that. And uh, just to conclude, uh, since we are uh, approaching the end of this uh, podcast uh, episode with this uh, uh, passionate discussions, um, I have a questions uh, about if you have a, a kind of quote that you want to share with our audience or a deep convictions also about the power of AI, let's use it in order to conclude this discussion. Yes, yes. So what I really want to to to, to conclude is is when making when creating I, I love ai let me put it like this and can do very good but we always should keep in mind when we are creating ai we should make it for a better good so ai for good is for me a very very good uh, very um, important thing so if you think you're creating something that is not 100% what you what you think it should do or you think you will not support any positive um Things and 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 preventing fraud huh, could be could be something positive, for example. So, it, uh, what I mean with that, but always make sure that when you're developing uh, AI, it should be way way responsible. And then you have probably the coolest uh, the coolest models, the coolest AI environments if, uh, possible. And then the sky is the limit in that sense. So we should be very aware of that. Create responsible AI and moving from there, we will have make a better world by using AI all over the place. What a great uh, conclusion for this discussion. Thank you very much, Mark, for joining our podcast. Um, name it the AI journey from strategy to insight. Thank you. And, and thank for you for all having of me. you, uh, thank you very much, Mark. It's a great pleasure. And for all of you who, who will listen to this uh, listen to this podcast, you will find this episode shortly in multiple podcast platforms like Apple and, so, and Spotify. In our website, AI Exponential Thinking, belonging to the media section, Exponential Church Times, and for sure on all social media. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. With hundreds of thousands of listeners and readers from more than 75 countries, we are grateful to our supporters, mentors, executive advisors, and contributors who are committed to educate citizens about trust technology and AI opportunity in times of exponential technology. Thank you for all of you. Thank you for our guests for, from tech company and more who are sharing experience, thought, and vision about the sustainable future.